Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener, your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona, including this holiday weekend. So Merry Christmas, everyone. And may you have a prosperous new year next week. So it seems like the show lands this week, Christmas weekend, next week, New Year's. So if you're tuned in, I really, really appreciate that because I know there's a lot of things to do, you know, not in the gardens, just at your house with family and friends watching the game. So appreciate you tuning in. Uh, there's a lot going on for the holidays, there's not as much going on in the gardens unless you want to. If uh, that uncle that's driving you crazy, you just want to get outdoors and uh, get away for a bit, some fresh air, you can go out in the gardens. I'm starting to prune things back right now. So and there, there's plenty of time, but my back gardens, so the, the wildflowers were buried with snow. What is that, a week ago or whatever? So they, they thawed this week. Now it's it's starting to dry out a little bit. It's still pretty moist, a little bit muddy. But I could get the lawnmower out there. And so I took the lawnmower. I've got maybe, gosh, what is that? I'm looking outside the studio. And maybe there's 1,500 square feet of wildflowers. It's beautiful looking outside my office window. Butterflies in the spring and summer. Hummingbirds going back and forth. It's been... Uh, the flycatchers and all the the the, the bug eating kinds of, of birds pounce around and just fly in and out eating grasshoppers in the grass. It's been magical. Well, they've been dried up for at least a month, month and a half. The snow came, got them to lay down, so they looked really bad. And I went, Ugh, they aren't as inspirational as they were two months ago. I think it's time to clean things up. And so I just took the lawnmower and just ran it over top of the flowers as low as I could go and let the seed just fly all over the place. I didn't, I didn't gather them up in the, in the bag. I just went, uh, just let them chop up and go right back on the ground so it will expand or extend or add to my wildflowers. But it, and it instantly looks better. It just looks better. Uh, I'm doing that right now with all of my perennials as I get a chance including some of the things that sort of look kind of good. So the Jupiter's beard um, or, or Ceanothus, it's a wild native kind of succulent looking perennial, gets about knee high. Pink flowers, it's been in bloom till that snow came. So it's got a long cycle. It's still showing green, but it looks, it just looks, it doesn't look as clean and neat as it did in the summer and fall. So I'm going to cut it back. Even though it had green, I'm just going to cut it back to the ground because it will clean things up. The yarrows look terrible. I'm going to whack those back. So as you get a chance, you can do those. You don't have to do it all at once. Sometimes I use hedgers. So I've got this beautiful uh, Roby 40-volt uh, electric hedge shear that's magical for lighter pruning. It doesn't have a lot of strength. I wish it had more power to it. Uh, for shrubs and stuff, but it does pretty good on the new growth. But for perennials, I'll just get as low to the ground as I can, shave it off down there for grasses to cut back 
uh, pampas grass to coral forester grass to bunny grass, all the ornamental grasses, not, not a lawn or turf type grass. I'm talking about pretty ornamental grasses. Does a magical job, does really great. And so some of the grasses are looking looking really good and some of them got beat up and they're looking kind of uh, winter weary. So as they start looking bad, I'll cut them back. And most grasses, you go right down to the ground. I mean, we're talking within, you know, ankle high. There's only one that you don't do that with, and that's the pampas grass. And there you go down maybe knee high or so. There's an art to it. If you get into it, you just can't figure it out. Come take a picture, bring it to the garden center. We can, we can show you. We'll just take a marker and go, here's, you want to go down to here. That's where you do it. So there's an art to it. But all your perennials, those flowers that come back year after year, they are resting underneath the ground right now. And so, and they need this rest period. They have been blooming and growing and actively uh, working for us out in the gardens. And so they need to hibernate and rest and kind of recuperate underground. And then they'll start coming up. In fact, I was pruning back some of my mums. The mums are, the flowers are all spent. There's, there are, there's no color on my chrysanthemums. And the foliage is all brown as well. But if you look down at the base, they're already starting to grow next spring's foliage growth. It's not very tall. Maybe it's an inch high, but you can see new growth coming up. It's kind of exciting. It's kind of a hint of spring to come. So, and you know, mums, they grow early. They're kind of right up there with, with uh, rosemaries and some of these others that, that very early on penstemons. There's some of these that really, they don't need it to be warm and bright. They just want any kind of sunlight and they start taking off. Well, some of those, you do want to prune those back so that that new foliage can see the sun. It'll help them to grow better, stronger, faster, come out sooner in spring. And so don't feel like you're rushed. I mean, I know it's the holidays and you're tuned in because you're bored and, you know, it's 30 minutes for the game. I understand. But if you need to get out, just do some. Part of this was the snow melted. And so I could get to the gardens and I had an afternoon. I went, eh. I'm going to do it now. I got the lawnmower. It'll power up and take an hour and I'm done. So part of it was just timing. I can get it in the gardens. My backyard still covered in snow. I'm not going to get to that till that'll probably be covered in snow until the end of February, March. Well, that's when I'll go back there and prune those uh, at that point. So uh, shrubs, starting to prune back a few of the shrubs, mainly the summer shrubs, like a butterfly bush. Uh, they can look a little, I'm just cleaning things up so it looks more just organized. Things look a little over overgrown right now because they've had all last spring, summer, fall to grow, and now they've dropped their foliage, the foliage is on the ground, and now they're just twigs out there in the yard. They need to be shaped. And I'm just doing that as I get a chance. The grapes are being cut back. Uh, those have been dormant for at least a month and a half. All of your, whether it's a table grape or a vineyard grape, take your time. At this altitude, uh, they're, they're, they're dormant. And so you can kind of take your time and do it as you, as you choose. You don't have to feel rushed. Uh, so sometimes you'll tune into or, or download or stream or, or, or Google some of your national information. They're, they're, this, these are vineyard folks 
that are doing commercial production going, oh, no, you have to do it just exactly this way. And just this time, there's a two, 10-day window to prune all this. We're not doing, we don't care about an extra 50 bushels per acre for our grapes. We just want a few tables, a few bowls full and for it to look good and be healthy. You've got plenty of time. Backyard gardening is, is totally different than commercial production type of, of gardening. So I'm just slowly getting things ready out there. The main thing this week, watch the breakage. Don't let your faucets break. Don't let them freeze. And so that's something that I, I, I something I kind of preach for a few weeks just because we've had, even this week, two more customers had hose bibs break. Uh, the backflow preventer seemed to be what went this week. There's a, for some of you, there's a, metal mechanism that sticks out of the ground is called a backflow preventer and they keep that what that what that particular piece of plumbing does if you've got a drop in pressure at the street so the city water it, that particular mechanism the backflow keeps your 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 irrigation water from sucking back up into the city potable water supply so it keeps the city water going to the neighborhood cleaner neater safer so there is a place for it and that's what it's made to do it keeps in case the city a well goes down or pump goes down or something happens it keeps that water out in the yard that's just laying there sometimes sometimes it's even you know we put fertilizer injectors it keeps that water it's a break that doesn't allow that water once it goes past that backflow preventer it can't come back into your into your house or city water supply. Anyway, that's don't let that thing freeze. It's a really expensive part. If it if it breaks, it's like a three, four, five hundred dollar part. I haven't looked since COVID, but I'm sure it's more than it was back when I saw it a couple of years ago. Don't let it freeze. It's an expensive piece. Anyway, a lot in store for you. Lisa Waters Lane coming in with your garden questions right after this. You've been listening to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Prescott Alberta spruce. This perfectly shaped tree displays dense green needles which are as soft as a teddy bear. The perfect front yard Christmas tree for holiday lighting and oh, so beautiful when matched in pairs at the front door. Hand-grown, these are perfectly shaped and sized for home accents and just $69. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Where people who love twinkly little Christmas trees, they love to shop. The holidays are here in Arizona's Christmas City, bringing family closer and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten up the inside with exotic Christmas plants from Waters. Beautiful Christmas cactus and poinsettia are coming to town, grown exclusively by waters in colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm even the dreariest winter day. Check your list twice for exotic Christmas plants at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener, green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. She comes each week with your garden questions. Just what are, what are your neighbors talking about? And so Lisa kind of gathers all those up, picks out the best ones. We share them over the airwaves. Lisa, welcome to the studio. Thank you. 
Good to have you here. So okay. we're like Christmas. <laughs> it's like stormy. It feels like the holidays. Mm -hmm. We had some snow. We still got snow on the ground. The pond in the backyard's freezing. Okay. Uh, you ice could, skate on that. You could almost <laughs> ice skate on. It's been cold in the backyard. Of course, this north facing. Right slope in the shade it's just uh i'm trying the the pond heater's trying to keep up just not quite there back deck is just sheer ice the dogs are loving it they yeah. have to go out and eat the ice break it up and eat it but, uh, yeah so we yeah. do have to do a shout out to Two. um carrie mm -hmm. and randy from cottonwood. from cottonwood they were in this week just kind of mm -hmm. hey you all it's always good to talk to fans anyway <laughs> uh just kind of yeah. They they tune in every week, so they it's do. good to hear. And they drive over frequently yeah. in the shop here. It's surprising how many uh, Cornville, uh, Cottonwood, Camp Verde, mm -hmm. some Sedona. Sedona. Yeah, we have some mm -hmm. Sedona folks come over. Right. So it's surprising how many folks drive the fifty miles. It's an hour to get over here, but mm -hmm. uh, how they, how many come over here? Yeah, make so. the rounds. Hit us. Hit Costco. Hit of course, the, we go over there. Place. What the last thing I want to do as a mountain person is go to the mountains. Go to Phoenix. I just can't go oh. down to that rat race. Who would go? To, who? I'd rather go to Camp Verde. Cottonwood, that downtown is just resurrected. It looks mm -hmm. so fun. Page yeah. Springs and all the vineyards. Mm -hmm. We like the culture of Flagstaff, uh, that downtown area. We'd rather do that than go to that flatland. It's warm Phoenix. there. It is warm, yeah. <laughs> True. True. Especially this week. It's been yes. kind of chilly. Yes. To stay out of the rat race on it. So it was, what was that? Tuesday, it was bitter cold. Wednesday, it was warmer. Monday, it was warm. It's like up and down this week. That's winter. It's winter, That's winter. in the mountains. Yeah. That's what you get. So should we go over, is anyone even thinking gardening? It's Christmas <laughs> weekend. I mean, come on. It's hard for us to do a show. It is. But there's a few people out there asking questions. They are. Still. This yeah. week, there were some quite a few yeah. trees, evergreens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, evergreens is fun, kind of fun watching the uh, Christmas trees go out with, we put red bows yeah. on our uh, living trees mm -hmm. and we name them. So we give them, give them personalities. Right. They were walking out to their cars. Couldn't even see them. All you saw were the, the tree going into their <laughs> SUV. We loaded a big old tree into the back of a, the front end of the passenger seat of a convertible. Hey, <laughs> hilarious. Home, yeah. But it works. But yeah. So Rita has a question. Uh, about putting out wildflower seeds, wants yeah. to know when she should start doing that or can start doing that. Yeah. Um, and then the other part of her question is, um, so she's heard you mention mixing the seed in with mulch and putting yeah. it out that way. Is that a better plan than putting out the seed and putting the mulch on top? Yeah. Okay, good. And then it's a three-part question. And then, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Trying to keep up. Wildflowers. Watering. Do yeah. you do you need to water in the winter time, or you just let them do their thing? Yeah. So good question. And then where where's she from? What was that? This says uh, Prescott. What's her name? Or Audrey. 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 So uh, Audrey. So you can do it anytime between now and I would say the end of February. That's your season. So you want to do it in winter while it's still cold. Mm -hmm. So I did a beautiful patch of wildflowers last year in my backyard in February. We had a wildflower class mm -hmm. and I, I mixed some seed and showed people how to do this. And we had like a foot of snow on the ground after that class. And I just came back and I chucked it on top of the snow and said, 
I wonder if it'll make it. <laughs> it was the most beautiful patch of wildflowers I've ever, this week I just cut it back with the lawnmower. Yeah. So I'm reseeding it right now for next spring. Mm -hmm. Most seed need the cold. They These are mountain hardy plants. They reseed and they need to go through that freeze and thaw cycle, especially things like California poppies, any of the poppy families. Mm -hmm. And a really hard shell that they go through. That freeze and thaw helps crack it open and kind of gets them where they germinate better. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like you're you're rushed. You've got time. And so going back to your question of uh, creating your own hydro mulch, basically, mm -hmm. um, is it better to put the seed down and put the mulch on top or is it better to blend it together? There's no right or wrong. Okay. I'm just lazy as can be. And if you can combine <laughs> steps... I find it's better. Sure. It's just easier for me. So I tend to take a bag of mulch or the premium mulch that we saw here. It's screened down real tight. It's a good fine compost mm -hmm. and I'll dump it into a wheelbarrow. Then I'll add my seed into that mulch and I blend that all together. It does two things. One, it helps me see where I spread the seed because some of them are so fine. You can't see where those seed right. are. So you spread them out by hand or something, you, mm -hmm. you can't tell. Right. Well, the mulch, you can tell. And then right now, the birds have a ferocious appetite. They're cold and they're trying to rustle up a living, get through winter. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of these winter birds are seed mm -hmm. feeders. That's what they eat. They're not, they're not insect eaters. They're seed eaters. Uh, and so they are going to eat your wildflowers. Well, the, the mulch kind of hides it keeps mm -hmm. it from, keeps them from finding it. So height, it just kind of camouflages them mm -hmm. and it, it, it keeps the cold off, keeps them insulated, keeps them moist. So there's a lot of benefits to that. Whether you do it before, put the seed down and mulch on top. I don't think it matters. It's just a, it's a step. It's from my, this gardener to you, Audrey, this helps me garden better, more successfully with wildflowers. And I think it'll help you too. Mm -hmm. And it's mainly so you can just see where you can, where you put them and keeps the birds off. That's it. And you do, you want to keep that layer of mulch pretty thin, right? Yeah. yeah. Quarter inch. Thick. Yeah. If you're doing the seed down first, you kind of spread this, spread the mulch on top. And then I usually I'll take a stiff tine rake mm. and I'll, I'll, go with the tines up. And so I just got that bar mm -hmm. that and I'll scooch it and I'll just scooch it. And I'll get it as thin as I can over the seed. And that's good enough. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of fudge factor. Wallflower seeds, they want to come up. They, they'll find a way to germinate. So do you need to do any extra watering this time of year or just kind of let the rains and snows? You could pretty thing? much let the rains and snows now do that. Mm -hmm. Cause they're right now it's freeze and thaw. Right. And then by, mid-February, you start to see germination. So mm -hmm. you got a month or so before they start to germinate. Kind of depends on the weather. Right. Folks in Cottonwood, you're going to germinate a couple of weeks before those up in, let's say, Williams or, or you know, Kingman, Cottonwood. Those areas are going to, uh, Spring Valley, they're going to germinate faster a couple mm -hmm. weeks ahead. Those up on the ridgelines, Highland Pines and those areas, they're going to be a little bit slower. But spring hits when, it's, when it hits. If you got no moisture in winter, which is super unusual for us, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you would you would water them once a month, once every couple times a month at most, would all it would take. But usually we get enough moisture in the mountains of Arizona, keeps them going. Okay. All right. 
Our next question is, I think I mixed up the names. If I did, I'm sorry. So this was from Rita. She has two large pots of rosemary out in front of her house. It's a southeast facing side. Wants to know how often does she water those pots with the rosemary and do they need any additional protection? So rosemary's tough. I would say get it out in the sun. Just make the days are getting short. We're at our shortest days right now. Yeah. They start getting longer from this point. So get them out where they just see some sun. That's it. Mm -hmm. Water them if in a container, especially. So we had that cold front that came through a few days ago. We just made sure we hand watered all of our containers before this cold hit. That hydration gets them through any amount of cold. Mm -hmm. um, with that being said, I don't know what kind of rosemary she had. So there's different yeah. varieties. True. But if it's one of the mountain hardy varieties, you should be fine. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about them. They're, just keep them hydrated. Keep them in the sun. You know, and go pinch off a few sprigs and use them in the kitchen every once in a while. They'll mm -hmm. like that. That's what it's for. <laughs> so they'll probably be in bloom. Shoot, rosemary can yeah, bloom depending on your stuff. elevation and sun. They can start blooming into February, March. They're mm -hmm. in bloom in March. Mm -hmm. So they'll start having that, that lavender flower. And they're one of the first shrubs, flowers that the bees will go foraging for because they're very hungry yeah. when they first come out in into February, March. And so it's a great pollinator kind of plant sure. for early, early, early bees out there. Yeah. Great questions this week. A Merry Christmas to everyone. So have a great holiday weekend and, and may you have a prosperous garden next year. <laughs> Kenalisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners will be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Hi, Lisa with the plants of the week and our Goshiki Holly. Goshiki translates from Japanese as holly with five colors. Its new leaves emerge red, then turn green. The entire top of this holly is draped in colors of cream, white, gray, yellow, and green. This evergreen makes the perfect accent, hedge, or evergreen container for its all-round good looks. A really nice plant that shines through winter is just $39. Waters Garden Center, where people who love Japanese gardens, they love to shop. Hi, Ken here with the Plants of the Week and our Blue Diamond Spruce. The rock star of the evergreen world, it glows silver blue as it reaches 15 feet tall in the perfect evergreen shape. These trees are big, bold, and beautiful, ideal for highlighting garden beds, or used as privacy screens all for just $179. The start of the rainy season is an ideal planting season. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love perfect blue evergreens, they love to shop. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. One thing to watch inside your house. Be careful of your houseplants. You know, we've, we've moved them around. Houseplants, they don't like anything different. They don't like new spaces. They don't like it when it's short days. They don't even like a change between spring and summer. They like it to be the same temperature, water, light all the time. Well, our houses are in 
they've, they're beautifully, they're decorated, but trees kind of displace some other plants. And so they'll start to drop some leaves. So just realize that. Be really gentle with the plants that are inside of your house. That goes for poinsettias, Christmas cactus, amaryllis. Some of the Christmas cactus, I'm going out this week, I've been out shopping, getting Christmas gifts done. And, and some of the poinsettias look terrible. They're, they're being, they're either cold or they're way overwatered. They get in these sleeves, they put this foil around the, soil, around the roots, which is really pretty, but the roots can't breathe. And so then we water and they just, they drown. And not only can they not breathe, but now they can't drown. So it's like uh, putting saran wrap around your face, going, yeah, enjoy the living room and look good. And then we go ahead and waterboard you after that. That's sort of what we do to our, some of our holiday plants. They just get too moist and they're, no, they're not used to that. They like the same temperature, same light, same water all the time, yet we wrap them in this foil where they get over cared for, over watered. So I'll take that out of the sleeve and I'll put it in the sink and I'll water that my house plants, especially the decorative or holiday ones in the sink. And then some of these plants, they will keep that color through, through February or so. I mean, a beautiful red poinsettia says Christmas, but it also says Happy Valentine's. But eventually those leaves will drop off and that plant will go back into green. It will just be a solid, beautiful, green, tropical plant. That's what a poinsettia truly is. We have to trick them into turning red. And, and the, the little caveat, what, what you can do with that, if you want to keep that poinsettia alive, you think you got green thumbs, you can bring that thing back into color next, next spring. The next, not next spring, next winter. And so for the holidays. And the trick is, it needs to be in an area with uninterrupted darkness. So starting, oh, usually the end of February or so, it takes about six weeks for that plant. Six, eight, it kind of depends on temperature. There's some variables, but six, eight weeks, you want to start introducing dark nights to that poinsettia again, and it starts to get trick it into, oh, it must be time to go into color. And so it takes, if you put it in a bedroom where lights come on and off, on and off, it won't turn for you. If you're in an area, say you've got a family where there's people coming and going all the time, put it in a closet where you can control that light. Uh, in the greenhouse, uh, I grew poinsettias for many, many years, hundreds, thousands of them. Uh, we, we do commercial grows. And I had a, a furnace go down, a heater these things don't like to be cold. Well, the furnace is going down. It's an emergency. It's night. The temperature's dropping. And I know we'll lose, you know, a thousand poinsettias. We went in to fix the heater and had a light in there. Just just right there. We knew we didn't need we knew we didn't want to turn all the lights on. We had like a lantern just where the furnace was. Got it reactivated, got it going. And doggone it. If we didn't see where that where that ray of light was where that lantern was for what was that just four or five six hours it took us to fix that it, it affected the crop underneath it just that one night and so you really want to make sure it's in an area where it doesn't get any any light just want it's when it's night it's it's going to be dark for the rest of the night and then the day it's bright it likes light during the day not during the night that's how you trick it into coming in back into color 
It's pretty easy, actually, if you got that one trick. You almost, you almost let it go dormant. If you ever want to try that, I've got a handout. Uh, actually, I've got it on my website, I believe. If you go to watersgardencenter.com and in the upper right-hand corner, there's a search bar. Just go poinsettia and it'll, it'll come up. It'll be one of the first, you know, how to bring a poinsettia up into, back into color. Got one on amaryllis, one on Christmas cactus, but enjoy it now. But take care of your houseplants. They're freaking out right now. The days are really short. They've been moved around to make room for this huge, huge tree called a Christmas tree. All the decorations. When that's done, and you know, next week you're gonna take that out and you're gonna put those house plants back. So they're always getting these different areas of the house and they're freaking out. Treat them with care. Keep the dust off of them. Keep them from the draft from that front door, guests coming and going. Keep them where they're a little bit warmer. Watch the watering. Probably water them. Oh, every other week or so. That's about right. You really don't need to fertilize them much right now. But as the days get longer, let's say in about three, four weeks, and we start to see, oh, we're finally over the hump. And we've got, you know, into January, we're starting to see the days getting warmer. You can just tell spring is on its way. If you can fertilize right then those plants, they'll start to push new foliage out. They'll look like a brand new plant by the end of February. And the best fertilizer I've ever seen for houseplants, we make a, a compost tea here at the garden center. It's called Root and Grow. The grow piece for houseplants, oh, they really like Root and Grow. But it's a liquid. You just put it around the root ball. But that's just kind of take care of your houseplants. We've got Lisa Watersland coming back in the studio with her garden segment right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she can pick out exactly what they were hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand. Waters Garden Center. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. Okay, maybe after the same white elephant exchange, it's time to start a new holiday tradition. A living Christmas tree from Waters Garden Center can be decorated and enjoyed for a lifetime, not just a season. When the holiday festivities end, gather family and friends and plant your tree together for years of enjoyment. Or Waters will plant it for you, guaranteed. As your family tree grows, have a tree grow with your family from Waters Garden Center in Prescott. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Okay, we are back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio, and she comes each week just with garden inspiration, just what she is seeing in her gardens, in the garden center, something new coming in, or, or if we've been touring farms or whatever, just what's exciting out in the yard, just excitable this holiday weekend. <laughs> You've been drinking coffee, dear? Eggnog. Lots and lots of eggnog just before the show. In fact, I might be drinking it right now. (laughs) Just kidding, folks. 
<laughs> to all my Christian friends, Merry Christmas. <laughs> to everyone else with eggnog, happy holidays. I don't even know what that means, I don't either. But... <laughs> That's kind of my standard greeting for the holidays. Is everyone wants to be offended by not doing it right. So I go to my Jewish friends, may you have a blessed Hanukkah. To my Christian friends, may you have a Merry Christmas. And to everyone else, a happy holidays. And that way I cover everyone. So everyone's going, well, at least he mentioned me. He mm -hmm. must be a good guy. I think you missed Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa! Oh, this is broadcast anymore digitally, so it's all <laughs> over the world. Just and then past... what's the one, the Seinfeld, uh, what was that called? So the pole. Had the metal pole. Right. Happy Yatza? No. Or Kadutza? <laughs> I have no idea. You're uh, dating yourself with a 1990s <laughs> show, my dear. You, that's embarrassing. It's good to be culturally re relative, but can't you go with like something that's airing right now? Sorry, I'm old. I did, I'm old. I did watch the new, uh, I think it's Netflix or maybe it's Amazon. One of those, uh, the new Lucio Ball show that came out. It's like half <laughs> we'll documentary. Talk about dating. <laughs> no, it's it's a brand new movie. Just came oh, out okay. like this week. It's really good. Documentary kind of thing. It's docu it's they they're interviewing some of the original writers oh. in between the show so they're explaining why the show went this way but it's the life of desi arnaz lucio ball how they got together and how they created that show in the 1950s they were the first ones to actually have a baby over the tv airwaves mm -hmm. so they said you shouldn't do that no one wants to watch someone have a baby on there going yeah we're going to do this it's our family it's a family show we're doing this and um the the studio said do whatever the cuban says and that's how it that's the exact line with a few more expletives Ooh. on the airwaves okay. going uh, okay that maybe that was the 50s they Times finally got divorced changed. in uh 60s 1960 i think they they put it up there i can't remember anyway mm -hmm. it's a worthwhile show it's interesting if you don't know who lucio ball is and those kind of folks the desi arnaz probably not as interesting but as a boomer Super said, fascinating. I think probably most people that listen to us. Know yeah, probably so. They They're gardeners. They're probably. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we can offend everyone. Yeah, that's good. Gardeners. It's, it's a holiday weekend. We offended millennials and boomers <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> anyway, what do we got garden wise? Let's jump into gardens. We don't discriminate. That's it. That's right. Okay. We offend. So, all. gardens. I thought. I would talk about a few plants that we know that are coming in for spring of 2022. Yeah. Exciting. So fun to always look ahead and think about what's going to be arriving because this time of year, we don't get a lot of new stuff, but we get to look forward to it. We do. Yeah. So we're starting to, we're getting, we're, we're, doing all those purchase orders now. Of course, we went to the farms back in mm -hmm. August, September, October. Now we're getting confirmations. A lot of zeroed stuff didn't come through, but a yeah. lot of things. We found some other um, growers that have mm -hmm. like peonies that are over the top. Kim, yeah. so excited. I can't right. wait. I am too. They're supposed to be spectacular. Sure. Yeah. We shall see. So one of the things that we're getting in that I thought was really cool, and I didn't believe it until I saw a picture of it, is they have taken a Honeycrisp apple and a Gala apple. Yeah. And they've actually braided the trunks. Wow. You mean like a ficus tree, like right. houseplants? They mm -hmm. braided the trunks together? Right. Mm -hmm. That is really neat. It's so, art. Yeah. So it's two trees, one bucket, but the, the trunks are braided yeah. together. And of course, they pollinate. They work pollinate well together. So I just thought that was really cool. I have not 
ever seen that before in a tree. And we've like been that. doing this in that since 1990. <laughs> I think two is when we came back into the family business. Oh, yeah, no. long time. Uh, no wonder I'm 30 tired. years. You're not tired. You're <laughs> fabulous, my dear. It's the holiday weekend. More eggnog. Will there make you. you go. That'll work. <laughs> Anyways, I thought that was really cool. I'm really anxious to see those. Uh, we're getting a new oak called Kindred Spirit. Yeah. So it is a, um, it's going to be bright red fall color. But the nice thing about it is it's a smaller, so it's going to get tall. It's still going to get 25, 30 feet tall, it's a shade tree. Yeah. Um, but it's only going to get six to seven foot wide. Perfect. So for those more narrow yards out there, this would be a perfect tree. For or that. a back patio that just sure. gets too sunny. You don't want it the whole thing. Just yeah. that spot by mm -hmm. the gazebo between the gazebo and the patio. I want it. That's perfect. Yeah. So we'll lose Kindred its leaves. spirit. Kindred it's spirit. Deciduous. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, another one we've had before, but we haven't had it for a number of years is the Armstrong golden maple. Yeah. Uh, which is another kind of more narrow tree, I think about 12 feet tall. So there again, those spaces, plus the fall color is just a beautiful gold yeah. instead of that red, but really would be pretty to mix in, you know, in the landscape with the regular maples. Yeah, out there. I've seen Armstrong's really pretty. It's gold, it kind of has an orangey hue around the outer edge of the, the leaf. Mm, it's okay. really striking. Yeah. It's not gold like an aspen. It's gold like a maple. It's just unique in what it does. So yeah, okay. Armstrong. It's kind of, I think that's a cross with a silver maple and a saccharinum. Uh, a, 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 a <laughs> oh, now you're just making stuff up. Maple. No, no. I'm <laughs> <laughs> to look at the Latin name, you'd, you'd understand this stuff. Oh, okay, honey. I'll work on it. <laughs> uh, we're getting a flamethrower red bud. So this one's really cool. So it's got the traditional heart-shaped leaf of a red bud. It leaves or blooms, um, blossoms in the spring, kind of that dark purpley pink colors yeah. like the traditionals. But the leaves on it are really cool. So when the leaves first come out, they're kind of a red hue. Yeah. Uh, and then they turn yellow and then they turn green. So the final maturity is a green leaf. Like a flamethrower. Like that's a flame. the name. That's pretty cool. That's neat. But it's neat because you'll have all those colors on the branch because you're always getting new growth. Yeah. So you've got that red and the yellow and the green. So really nice. I'm looking forward to seeing that. We saw those at the farm back, I think, starting in August. Brand new mm -hmm. plant. Of course, red buds, they grow wild here in the mountains of Arizona. They're just na they're native to here, so they're going to adapt well. Mm -hmm. But to see a new cultivar coming out that yeah. has red, that gold, and mm -hmm. then green in this traditional heart shape, and it's a tree, not a shrub. Right. So the Mexican red bud is more of a shrubby thing. This is mm -hmm. like a traditional tree, that bright pink flower. Mm -hmm. should be stunning. Yeah. So that one's pretty exciting. Um, we're getting a couple of new chase trees. Um, otherwise known as Vitex. One's kind of probably, I guess you'd call it maybe more of a shrubby. It's like a six to eight foot tall. That's a shrub. Sure. And it's um, it's called Flipside. Flipside. <laughs> so Why? It's That's called Flipside because the top of the leaf is your kind of normally gray, greenish right. leaf. The underside is purple. Ooh, that. Now that's yeah. neat. Mm -hmm. They could still come up with a better name than flip side, but well, you know, great. They're probably tired. So <laughs> it's also a rebloomer. So it's going to continue nice. to bloom throughout the season. And then it has that six to eight inch um, purple blossom to it. So really cool for that one. And then the other one is called galactic pink. I like that. So this one um, is a little taller. 
it's probably going to get eight to 10 feet tall. Traditional size. Wide. Yeah. But the blossom on it is pink instead of purple. Yeah. That so that's finally, cool. that's the first time they've ever come out with anything but that violet, right, uh, lavendery, purpley color. color to have pink. Mm -hmm. Oh, the next step is yellow. Have a bright yellow <laughs> flower. That would be like a butterfly bush. That would oh, be that would really be neat. It's coming. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's always coming. Um, one of the new manzanitas we're getting. Now, manzanitas, they're challenged to find some good ones. Uh, but we're getting the Austin Griffith, which is a tall one. It's probably going nice. to get six to ten feet tall. Perfect. Yeah. You can't kill a manzanita. This well, is this overwatering. Well, unless you care for it too much. And all these are coming in. I mean, really, as soon as we can spring. start getting into the fields in January, mm -hmm. first part of February, we will start harvesting them and yeah. bringing those down here. So mm -hmm. many of these will be here in three, four, five weeks. Mm -hmm. They'll start showing up at the garden center right, uh, right away. So sure. we take a little break and then by, by shoot, middle of February, mm -hmm. it's full on spring here in Prescott, at least. It's just going, going in between the storms. <laughs> yeah. So thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. Mary gal again so uh under the christmas tree or under the under mistletoe the <laughs> under the mistletoe well i might be under the yeah. tree if i drink all that eggnog <laughs> ken and lisa lane the mountain gardeners we'll be right back Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Hi, Lisa here with the Plants of the Week and our Arizona Gold Euonymus. An excellent choice for colored hedges and as tough as they come. This evergreen displays bold gold, head-high foliage that grows even thicker when sheared. A single shrub makes a bold statement for just $27, but in rows they make excellent visual and sound barriers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, where people who love bold gold hedges, they love to shop. The Grinch went to Waters and couldn't believe his eyes. There were cut trees in every shape and size. He could take one home and then toss it after the season. Good! And then he saw living Christmas trees that grow and grow. So it seemed a good reason. A beautiful living tree and have waters plant it because of his bad knees. Have the merriest of Christmas from all of us here at Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. We are starting to gear up for 2022. So the, the new year is coming. We, we closed down our shop. I just gave the staff some extra PTO time. Said, go home, enjoy your time. We've had a stressful, I mean, retail is very stressful, especially when people are grumpy sometimes. And so there's this fatigue thing that's going on with folks. And then some folks, I think they've been hibernating too long where they don't know what is socially acceptable or what's not. Maybe they're off their meds sometimes, but generally gardeners are really good. But every once in a while, you'll get one every, every day or two where they just go, I didn't see that one coming. Well, that's interesting. And you just kind of let you let it in retail. You kind of let it kind of slide off 
pretty easily, but sometimes it affects you. It's been one of those kinds of years. So I just said, hey, we're going to close from uh, New Year's Eve through the 2nd. So Monday, January 3rd, we're back open, but we're coming back with a vengeance. And so they've ordered up some huge number. I was actually scared to see that, that that's a lot of houseplants. Uh, are you sure you, you folks want to bring that many? Yep, they're going to bring them. So and, and they're planning this. Here's their here's their logic. So this is my my managers. They're going, Ken, the houseplants are going to fill the spot where the Christmas tree was. There's going to be a huge void inside the house once that Christmas tree comes down. All those decorations, they're going to want something. We need plants. Boss, up up the open to buy. We need some more. I'm going, okay, good logic. Come in. Let's see what happens. Go for it. But some houseplants, they're easier to grow than others. And so some of the easiest, I mean, just absolute, if, if you're going to start with a houseplant or you've got a difficult room that just has this weird lighting or it's super high ceilings you're not used to, some, some a draft that you're not, you've not gardened in before, go, go with pothos. You cannot kill that plant. It's a, it's a trailing houseplant. Usually it's put on a plant stand or on a hanging basket or something up in the kitchen, uh, up on a, on a cabinet where it trails down. And those tendrils will actually grow around the kitchen. I mean, you can have 12, 15, 20 foot vines growing around. It's kind of neat. Uh, I personally don't like them. It seems overgrown to me. So I keep them trimmed. So as it, as it gets too long, I've got one on a beautiful um, plant stand. Once that tendril drops to the ground, I don't want it crawling across the dining room and living room. I just go trim it. I give it a haircut. You can do the same thing. It makes it bushier, fuller, especially if you're fertilizing it. It really gets nice and thick and full and tropical looking. Philodendron is the same way. It's kind of a, it's difficult. A novice would have a difficult time seeing the difference. It has a little bit darker, richer green to it but just as easy to grow. Another one that's super easy, that's kind of almost fun, that you can propagate and create more kind of plants with it, is spider plant. It's just beautiful. It has like a, almost has like a hairdo section to it, but it has little pups, little babies that drop down on, on long stems that hover below the mother plant, below the this lime green looking striped foliage. And then you can harvest those pups and put them into a nice seedling mix in, in its own kind of soil, and it will start forming another plant. It's kind of fun. One that a lot of folks have done this week, it's been, been interesting, uh, air plants. Air plants don't have any roots. They don't have any soil. They're, they grow typically up where the orchids grow, up in the trees, the foliage of the trees, shrubs. And so they're not truly a parasite. They're not like, uh, let's say, mistletoe, where they're growing into the plant and sucking the life out of this plant. Mistletoe is very invasive, and eventually a plant will actually succumb to a mistletoe attack, unless you cut it out or really be aggressive with it. Air plants aren't that way. They tend to just hover, and they're getting their nutrients from the air, the moisture from the air. So as you have a lightning storm or rain comes down or it actually pulls moisture from that, just, just humidity in the air will do it. And so the way you take care of those in your house is you'll take them every, I don't know, 10, 7, 10 days or so. When you remember, take them to a sink, 
soak them in the sink. When they're done taking in all that moisture, they'll put them back where you know, people put them in uh, terrariums, globes. I was helping a customer that had some really funky, fun ceramic faces. Uh, they had one that had, they took the air plant and it made it look like it had hair. It was, it was a piece of art, truly, truly artistic. It's fun to see what people are doing, but there must be at least 20, 25 varieties, different ones, straight ones, draping ones, chubby ones, thin ones. There's just no end to, to what types of air plants that come with. Had a new variety with long, kind of real thin tendrils and red tips. Super unusual. So they're kind of fun. There's a lot of air plants out there. Most of them are boring or they've been done many times before, but we're always trying to search for that new, different, unusual one, but super easy to take care of. That's where you use an air plant in, in let's say, an office or someplace it's, it's harder to grow things. That's where you use those. They're fun gift ideas. They're just fun to play with. Another one we got, and there's, I think there's a couple hundred more coming, um, African violets are surprisingly easy to grow in the house or in an office or something. And what I find is it comes down to lighting. If you put that African violet where it's, let's say, east-facing window, I find that's where my best blooming, best active growing, or, or an Arizona room, uh, a, a warm room that's nice and bright, but not direct full sun in that middle of the day, boy, African violets just bloom their hearts out for you. And there's so many, they're cute little plants. African violets are maybe four inches tall and they come in in every color under the rainbow as far as flowers go. And they just hover above the foliage. In fact, the new varieties, some of the foliage is even different. So it's variegated. Generally, they're a dark green velvet type of color. That's what the foliage looks like. That's why they make special pots, African violet pots, just for that plant, because the foliage is so velvety that it tends to hold moisture, and then it, that moisture spots the leaves and can cause damage. So an African violet pot, you plant your African violet in this pot, and then it's got another pot that you, you sleeve this clay pot with. And so, how do you explain this over the airwaves? The, uh, uh, the main container bowl you pour water in that and that's the moisture wicks from the bottom up into the root zone the foliage never sees watered so that's a it's an easier way if you've struggled with some african violets they're pretty but mainly they make african violets bloom longer stronger better without disease and problems african violet um, orchid pots are the same way if you've had an orchid and it's done blooming and it's just a green chubby foliage there, many of those African or, or orchids need to be transplanted. They make special aerated containers. So it's a very pretty pot. It's very artistic, but it's got drainage holes, not holes, but slots or decorative breather holes. And then you use a very special orchid mix or bark for something that drains really well. So orchids are like air plants. They grow up in the trees. They don't grow into, into soil. They grow up in the trees and they pull their moisture and the fertilizers and stuff from the air. And so they want to be, have a really breathable uh, type of, of soil and type of container. So there's a specialty. If you, if you struggle with that, that's probably 
why you've struggled. Get an African violet, get an, <laughs> an orchid container and special orchid soil or orchid bark and your success rate will just skyrocket just like that. And once they go back into bloom, they'll bloom for six months straight. They'll bloom their hearts out. So lots of, lots of house plants coming up uh, that you can grow, uh, especially as we start to redecorate for the winter after the holiday plants and, and decorations are taken down. Got more in store for you. Be right back after this, though. Don't change that dial. Back with more gardening tips, tricks, and garden advice. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott, 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems, and these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines, and lots of sizes to choose from, but the $249 model is exceptionally big. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. The holidays are here in the Christmas City, bringing family and friends together and those chilly winter winds. While you're decorating the outside, don't forget to brighten your inside with exotic holiday plants from Waters. Beautiful poinsettias and Christmas cactus are coming to town. Grown exclusively for waters and colors you won't find anywhere else. Unique, vibrant, and guaranteed to warm up even the dreariest of winter days. Check your list twice for all the holiday plants only found at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. Lots of, it's kind of a, a relaxing week if you have a garden center. Garden centers are very seasonal. So spring, it's just sheer mayhem. Early spring, it's very busy, mainly because you're really setting up. You're reloading, you're shipping all the new products. And that starts the end of January through March. It's just unload truck, thousands of trees, thousands and thousands of perennials and annuals and shrubs. It's just busy. And then sales start to come up, but it can have a snowstorm, especially in northern Arizona. The weather can be inclement. You know, it just, it's just kind of, you just never know what you're going to get. And it can all be in the same week. So you just be ready for it. But April, May, June, it's, it's just sheer nuts. It's fun. It's energetic. Summer is kind of my I have the most fun just because the summer flowers are so big and so striking. The, the butterflies are so big. The hummingbirds are coming and going. It's just a fun time in the gardens. Fall is a time of transition. It's more of a decoration time. So I, I enjoyed. We're coming off the fall season. And now just all those leaves, they're just in the way. I'm tired of them swirling around. I'm trying to rake them up, get rid of the last ones. But, okay, that's, that's autumn for you. Winter is just more of a relax, so you get to kind of throttle back and just enjoy. Sip another cup of tea, bake some more cookies. Uh, there's a lot of planning strategies. Right now we're planning for the spring season, and so we're gearing up. We're starting to go, okay, we're going to need that truck going to this farm, then go over to here and get this, load this, come up, and we'll take that uh, in a, January 20th. 
So we're, we're all this kind of strategy starting to happen. So if you're thinking about gardening, it's a great time. If you want to see things as they're coming in, it's kind of a fun. We're starting to get better with this digital website stuff. And so top 10 plants. We've set up a whole website. Just that's our shopping cart. It's what we see here in the garden center. There's not a lot there right now because we're at our lowest inventory levels. But starting in three or four weeks, it starts coming in. And before it even comes into stock, even while it's on the back dock, the, my, my crew is good enough. They start loading that up on the website. So sometimes you folks that are checking the, the shopping cart on the, on the website, you're actually seeing that plant, that fruit tree, perennial, shade trees, flowering shrub, whatever it is, you're seeing that before anyone else does, even sometimes before the staff. It kind of gets a little awkward. Going, yeah, I see you. So you have this new Vitex in. Where is it? Going, we haven't had Vitex in six months. What are you talking about? And we go look in the back dock, and sure enough, there it is. You got this new braided apple. You, we don't, we haven't seen that yet. Where is it? You go across the street, and there it is, waiting to come in into stock that afternoon. Take a look at it, top10plants.com. The website is starting to show up, uh, the classes. So we start January 15 is our first garden class. It's on houseplants. We'll do wildflowers and, and you know, how to prep soils. It's all things that are right the sequence. We want to help you get to work with the environment, not against it, especially in the mountains at higher altitudes. This is super important. So the class, the garden classes, they're free. They're every Saturday at 930. They're out in that back greenhouse. No matter the weather, we can keep it warm and very nice. But we've been doing this for, for decades. And so we're starting to load those up. I think we've got through February on our website, and our Facebook page. Those are kind of the two places we store those. Facebook, I know that's kind of old school for you younger folks. And oh, that's so, that's so 2000s. Uh, Facebook, oh, what about Instagram? They don't have a format to show off your classes. So I've got some memes that are coming up that'll show you date and what it's, we're trying, uh, but it's all kind of, it's like a moving target sometimes. Well, that's it for this show. The very last show of 2021. May I wish you and your family the merriest of weekends and a prosperous new year. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Look, if your wife, mom, or dad wants a sweater for Christmas, get them a sweater, not some piece of plastic. But if someone you truly care about loves their garden, a gift card to Waters makes perfect sense. Next spring, she could pick out exactly what they were hoping for. We all know it's not the same thing as a huge hanging basket or a fragrant rose, but hey, it's winter. Gardeners understand Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.